0: fans, it is time once again for another edition of the Live Mike Podcast. My name is Michael Beck, your deputy editor of SteelCurtain.com, and we're bringing it to you again this week following yet another embarrassing loss for your Pittsburgh Steelers. Let's just sit here and uh, let's, just, let, let's just have a little bit of therapy first uh, before we really get into our, uh, our show today, because really, I think one of the things that needs to still kind of be mentioned and brought up for this team is that they really never were built to be that big-time contender this year. And like, really, I know they brought Ben back. I know the defense still has some of its star pieces, but the way the O-line has been constructed and just the way the Steelers' depth issues uh, kind of rounded out, they're relying on being 100% healthy all year long, and that just isn't possible in football, and they expanded the regular season an extra week. So with all that in mind, really, the Steelers from the comp really weren't a team destined to win a championship are they playing some embarrassing football right now and arguably one of the worst teams in the league I think we can be adults here and and agree with ourselves they are bad they are very very bad when they're on the road but they are just they're just not a good team and I, I think it's just taken me a long time to realize this and really I've kind of been along for the the roller coaster ride. Uh, Beating the Bills, I thought this team was going to be a a little more special because they were able to get that uh, that win early on. The next three consecutive losses, I completely lost it on this team and thought, oh man, are they even going to win three games all year? Then they went on that four-game winning streak and found ways to win football games. Like, you know what, the Steelers, they might be something. They beat the Browns that were supposed to be the powerhouse of the AFC North. Clearly, we've learned they're not that. And just like continuing down the line, the Lions tie. Oh, Ben didn't play. The Chargers game. Ah, oh, they came back late. So, so maybe they weren't that team that that dropped that that went behind four scores in that game. Um, Then the Bengals blow out and it's like, you know what? Maybe this team is bad. And then they come back from that. They beat the Ravens. You think they're a good team. Then they're able to beat the Titans a little uh, while after that. But then in between that was that Vikings game that they're absolutely blown out, but then made a game of again. The Steelers have given us a reason to believe, but really, I don't know if we ever should have bitten the bait and they're just playing above their level. And that's, that's just the fact of the matter here. And it's kind of sad. Um, that that's the way we have to talk about the Steelers' season. But really, reflecting back on it, they were never this team that was supposed to be a juggernaut. They were never a team that uh, was meant to do anything more than I, I guess playoffs are the, the best case scenario for this team. And sure, it's still on the table, but the way the Steelers have lost some of these games, they had no business uh, being in that game uh, against the Chiefs. Uh, they had no business coming back against the Chargers or the Vikings. And those teams aren't even that good. Really, if it wasn't for those turnovers, you, you would subtract one turnover for the Pittsburgh Steelers. You take away one of those games, one of those turnovers rather against the Titans, they probably lose that game. You go back to the Ravens game. The Steelers had to come back late in that game too. The Steelers let the Bears and the Seahawks, both teams that aren't good, they just simply aren't good this year. They let both of them come back in the game and nearly beat them. And really, if it wasn't for some timely flags, like Cassius March walking towards the Steelers sideline, which is called a taunting penalty now in 2021, if this game was played last year, that goes on call. The Steelers don't get the don't get an extra 15 yards. I'm pretty sure that they had to punt the ball away uh, in that situation. And Instead of the offense coming back out, the Steelers are punting the football and giving the Browns with all this momentum life in that game. Really, the Steelers, for whatever reason, they've just won games they shouldn't have. And really, that's a a testament to the coaching. That's a testament to uh, the resiliency of these players. But really, at the end of the day, they aren't a good football team. They're a, a an untalented roster that has good culture. That That's what they are. That's the difference between them and the Browns because the Browns are a great roster. On paper, sure, they don't have a good quarterback. They have one of the best offensive lines in football. They have one of the best running backs in football. They've had one of the best receiving cores in football, even without Odell Beckham. And they have one of the best tight end groups in football. They have an average quarterback that sometimes plays good, sometimes plays bad. And, like, that should be enough on offense. Their defense, they have one of the best young secondaries in football. Miles Garrett's one of the best players in football. Their D tackles aren't great, sure, but Jadavian Clowney's having a resurgent year on the other side of Garrett. Then their linebackers, Jeremiah Wusukorma, Has been a stud for the Cleveland Browns. Like literally the Browns are a good roster with no culture. You put the Browns roster and you get you put them in Pittsburgh, you get them in black and gold, you get them this coaching staff, you you get them this 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 ideal, the mindset of being a Pittsburgh Steeler, and they wouldn't be they wouldn't have a losing record right now. I, I tell you that. They'd be one of the best teams in football. That's the difference between being the Cleveland Browns a perennial loser. And the Pittsburgh Steelers, a perennial winner that has a bad roster. The Steelers just manage to stay alive in things they have no business staying alive for. And that's what they've been this, this year. They've been a team that doesn't have the talent. They don't. <laughs> Let's be real here. This offensive line is pathetic. It's, uh, you, you can't win games like this. Ben Roethlisberger isn't the Ben of old. I've seen some Ben highlights flash up on my screen from the killer B years, from the Super Bowl runs. So watching Ben run around in the pocket and make some ridiculous throw over the middle of the field, that shouldn't be completed, but it is. Ben was... That was prime Ben. Now we're kind of getting washed into what this old Ben is. He isn't what he was. And it's obvious as heck when you go back and watch those highlights from his younger days. It is absolutely crazy now really i'm I'm jumping down the rabbit hole and still haven't quite gotten to our topic of today's show but really so some therapy in this podcast not just for me not just uh, for you for me together we're getting through this loss and getting through what uh, the end of this uh, Steeler season really kind of has become here they just don't have the talent, but they have the culture. And that's why they put themselves in a position to still somehow make the playoffs. And still, somehow, they have a chance of winning the AFC North. And it's ridiculous, but it does involve the Bengals losing uh, losing out. And the Bengals got the Chiefs next week at home in Cincinnati. So that's definitely possible. And then they end the year against the Cleveland Browns, which uh, makes me a little bit sick. But it is the Battle of Ohio, so who knows? Anything can happen there. The Steelers have the Browns on Monday Night Football, and then they have just that broken shell of a Baltimore Ravens roster in the finale in Baltimore. This Steelers team, for what they've done this year, how bad they've looked at times, they've looked good against the divisional opponents not named the Cincinnati Bengals. Both those games, the Steelers got their butts kicked. But against the the Ravens and Browns, the Steelers have played their best football. So who knows? They could still go 2-0 to end this year and still somehow win the division, yeah, they could still do that, but I don't know how much I'd be celebrating that uh, because the Steelers could absolutely embarrass themselves in the playoffs. They, they could get the Chargers coming into Pittsburgh and then kick their butts again, and I, I wouldn't be surprised by that. Um, if the Steelers were to have a miracle playoff win, if they had to go take on the Chiefs in Kansas City again, do you want a repeat of that, what you just watched? That butt-kicking the Steelers just received, do you want to watch that again? I don't even want to watch that tape back, let alone have to sit through another live version of that game with commercials, with Tony Romo uh, chirping the Steelers and how hard it is to be a Steelers fan watching this game and how they're sleepwalking. I don't want to watch that again. Like, sure, you. I think it'd be the Steelers' Super Bowl if they managed to win this division somehow. It's possible, but heck, that's just not what they are. And I don't know if I would be celebrating that. So getting to this point, Getting into the real topic of the show is where should the Steelers go from here? What the heck do they have to do? Oh, this week we've already seen Adrian Clem get excused from his job so he can start early at the University of Oregon. When the heck has that ever happened to your Pittsburgh Steelers? A coach running away before the season's ever ended for a college job? Sure, the rumor is that he's getting paid way more to be an O-line coach and recruiting coordinator, uh, or one of the recruiting coordinator assistants, I'm not sure the official title, for Adrian Clem at the University of Oregon, but still... It's a Pittsburgh Steelers. You don't run away from that. You don't run away from the NFL, especially when given that opportunity. He's given up on this offensive line. And trust me, we're going to get to how bad this offensive line is. And so to a degree, I guess I get it. But a pro coach giving up on your guys. My Lord, that boggles my mind. But for the Pittsburgh Steelers, what is next? Where do they go from here? Oh, the directions this team has to go, clearly, first and foremost, they, well, I think they already know they're in a rebuild. They're a team that started, had five rookies start games this year. And if it wasn't for the Steelers having to uh, uh, move on from Quincy Roche to uh, make a spot for Jameer Jones, it would have been six rookies at some point starting for these Pittsburgh Steelers. Tusk has gotten a start that's just the way it's gone taco charlton's gotten a start quincy roche if he was around he would have gotten a start there's the rookies don't start for your pittsburgh steelers you never have that's just not like with this with this management group they don't start rookies sit for a year the special ones get in the lineup sure but oof, you don't see five would have been six starters for this team and that's what happened this is crazy times for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So what happens from here with the salary cap exploding? I think first and foremost, you have to flag the problems of these this team before you can start addressing them. Obviously, the biggest issue is the offensive line. The Steelers, to me, need to fix this group before they do anything else, before they worry about a quarterback, before they, they, they worry about... Uh, finding some depth pieces for the defense. Before they worry about depth anywhere, they need to fix the offensive line. And if that involves cutting people, then they should absolutely think about doing that. Uh, the free agents this year include Chukz Akorafor and uh, Trey Turner is already up on the board. And I, I think you just let both those guys walk because, gosh, they've not been good enough. And they've had t- tons of time to put stuff on tape and they haven't been good. So you move on from those two. Zach Banner, who has struggled to get in the lineup, struggled to stay healthy, getting COVID. Like this guy just can't stay healthy. Like he was a great story. He was. He made. He he shouldn't have been in the NFL after uh, getting cut from being too fat. He shouldn't have been doing all these things. Then all of a sudden he hits it with the Steelers emergency. Uh, that uh, the big uh, personnel tight end. He's making some plays. He earns himself a competition for the starting right tackle job. He wins it, tears his ACL, and he can't be healthy ever since. Two years. He's supposed to be on the books for over $5 million next year without uh, pretty much a minimal penalty if you cut him. Almost no dead cap. He is a certainty to be gone and uh, just more money on the Steelers books. To me, outside of Kevin Dotson... I feel like the Pittsburgh Steelers need to replace the other four starting offensive linemen. Like sure. You can give Dan Moore and Kendrick Green some room to develop, but I am not starting next year with either of them penciled in as starters at all. Dan Moore has been embarrassed on a number of occasions. Oh, heck both. These guys have been embarrassed on a number of occasions, uh, at the left tackle and center spot. You can't have that. The Steelers need to like realize what is going on here and figure out like, okay, we, we just whiffed on draft picks, and we have to be able to move on from them quickly. I think the Arizona Cardinals started the precedent of being able to self-reflect that you made the wrong pick. When they took Josh uh, Josh Rosen rather with the 10th overall pick, before the year after having the first overall pick and taking Kyler Murray, someone a lot of people did not think they would go with, they realized they made the wrong pick a year prior, and they got the right guy and Kyler Murray at times has been one of the best quarterbacks in football you have to be able to make those decisions and move on from guys that are holding your team back and Kendrick Green and Dan Moore Jr. are doing just that now we are approaching the halfway point of our show so we're going to jump into a quick break and uh, I'll throw out some names and maybe start talking a little bit of draft and uh, ways that uh, the Steelers need to kind of go about this offseason so uh, hang tight we'll be back with more live mic action in just a moment for the second half of our show today. Uh, of course, uh, you're listening to the live mic. Once again, my name is Michael Beck, and if you want to continue this conversation with me, you can go ahead and do that over on Twitter, at Michael beck 56 uh, so One of the things I love uh, about professional sports as a whole is uh, is rebuilding your roster, personnel. That side of things, just uh, I love sports because of that, and roster moves excite me, and those are the k- kind of things that build teams towards championships, and I just love everything to do with the draft and free agency and of course the season's winding down so we're going to get into more content like that so if you love this stuff go ahead and follow me on twitter at michaelbeck56 and uh we will chat uh, prospects free agents and what i would do if i was a steelers uh, in charge of personnel for your pittsburgh steelers so go ahead and do that but getting into today's show and of course there is a, a little bit of uh of some future looking stuff uh on the agenda here started uh, or ended off the first half of the show talking about the O-line and we're going to continue that here right now one of the things I think the Pittsburgh Steelers need to do of course I think first and foremost need to sign two veterans to start next year on the offensive line and I think they need to go out and get a great one Right off the top, I think the Pittsburgh Steelers should be players for someone like Brandon Scherf, one of the best guards in football for the Washington Football Team. You go out and you spend money on that. I know uh, Sport Tracks, uh, Sport Rack excuse me, is a market value tool which has been pretty accurate. State Scherf is about twelve point seven mil per year. Uh, you can get that number a little bit lower by uh, by backloading that deal. The Steelers could bring someone in, someone like that in. Uh, you could put them at left guard and make. Uh, Dotson play his more natural right guard spot what he played in college I think all of a sudden your offensive line is already considerably better from there Uh, and then I think of course they need to find a left tackle or really in this situation they need to find two tackles but uh, you need someone better than Dan Moore Jr. to start at that left tackle spot and I'm not really comfortable with starting a a rookie that is probably going to be around the, the teens pick at the left tackle spot right away. Um, we, we see it work all the time. Uh, guy's able to step into the lineup, but uh, I just want the Steelers to have some, some veteran poise at that left tackle spot. I think that's just going to make this team better, especially as they transition to a new quarterback sometime soon here, whether or not the Steelers also do that in 2021 or, uh, or excuse me, I guess 2022 now, new year right around the corner. Uh, But uh, I think the Steelers need to vet at left tackle and they need to find another veteran for the interior offensive line. And then uh, really consider taking an uh, offense alignment with two of their early draft picks. In the spring. And that's what they got to do. They have to commit to fixing this offensive line. Heck, they could sign four veterans, and I'd be totally all for that. 100% back them if they signed four offensive linemen and just said, We are not messing around with the spot. That's what the Steelers need to do. They need to commit to fixing this offensive line, and they need to go out and find a great offensive line coach. Adrian Clem's already out. I know Chris Morgan's taking over, but they need to go out and get a great one. Um, Mike Munchak's happy there in Denver. It'd be great if he became available and wanted to come back because, oh, the Steelers' run game was dynamite with Mike Munchak uh, as as the guy's the run game coordinator and the guy fixing uh, the technique for those offensive linemen. I would love that. But I think the Steelers should look at someone like Doug Marone. I know that's a name we threw out last year. Uh, he was just, uh, he got the, offered the offensive line coaching job at the University of Alabama. Sure, that's a great gig to have. Yeah, you know, like uh, anyone would love to have that job in the coaching realms, being able to be a coach at the University of Alabama. But Doug Marone's an NFL guy. He's a guy with head coaching pedigree, and I think that's someone that like type of guys the Steelers have had the most success with under Mike Tomlin is when they've had other guys uh, with that head coaching pedigree work around him, and someone that uh, the guys along the offensive line will look at as a mentor, as as more of a like a father figure type. As a former offensive lineman myself, the best coaches I have looked to as a mentor, not as someone that's a buddy. I don't want to be buddy-buddy with my coach. I want to, I want that guy to be my mentor, and someone with the pedigree of Doug Marone could 100% be that guy for the Steelers' next group. That's where it starts. If the Steelers can't fix their offensive line, I'm not even worried about a quarterback. And I could eat a year with Mason Rudolph slash Dwayne Haskins slash some other veteran guy off the street that's cheap being my quarterback. Uh, I don't think Aaron Rodgers is coming to the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, to get his, his teeth absolutely punched down his throat with a bad offensive line. So th- this is first and foremost. I know Deontay Johnson was complaining about the O-line slander uh, this past week in his press conference, but no, it's bad. And the Steelers are bad because of it. And I'm not listening to anyone saying otherwise. This is a bad group that needs to be completely overhauled. The entire personnel and Kevin Dodson, he's done enough to, uh, to to get the opportunity to keep his job, but heck, if they replaced all five, that is fine by me, they need to do things differently. Thankfully for the Steelers though, they still have building blocks on offense they're good at receiver. I would probably look to bring Juju Smith Schuster back because they need someone with a, with a level head on that, in that receiving core and Juju, uh, he was used improperly as Ben got older. I think he could become a a decent receiver in this league. He's still super young. He's coming back for an injury. I I fully assume him being cheap once again. So I feel like next year you ride with Claypool, Deontay, Juju Smith Schuster, and try to find some just speed burner. That isn't Ray Ray McLeod to try to make place for you. I'm, going into the season with that and i don't have a problem with that whatsoever i like the tight end group of uh, pat Fryermuth and zach gentry and kevin Rader being the that third banana if uh, you can find a way to keep them on the practice squad you move on from eric ebron if the steelers can fix their offensive line sure you can go out and try to headhunt that quarterback finding a great one keeps you great for a long time and uh, i'm i'm definitely not uh, complaining about that by any means so I'm definitely going to lean uh, quite heavily uh, on uh, the Steelers fixing that line first and foremost. Flipping things over to the defensive side of the football, this is where things get way more tricky. Um, first and foremost, I think you bring back Trell Edmonds. The Steelers have too many problems as it is out like around their roster to try to be replacing guys that were actually pretty good for the team this year. Edmonds has been a better tackler. He's been better in coverage. I am bringing back Terrell Edmonds. His uh, other safety counterpart, Minka Fitzpatrick, has been one of the bright spots of this defense that have really only had three bright spots. I am bringing back... Uh, I'm doing the uh, the Cam Hayward uh, or the TJ Watt deal, how things at the end of camp, you try to get that future contract done. That's Minka's turn this year. Hopefully, they can get that done. On the defensive front, uh, I'm still cool with Alex Highsmith uh, as a starter, but I'm still... I'm bringing in, like... I hate to use a Melvin Ingram type. Someone that's not just going to bail on this team. I would add some competition for Highsmith. I'm not just giving him the job. TJ Watt is a stud, but we saw how good the front was with Bud Dupree there. Uh, Highsmith hasn't taken that step this year. He's played some decent football, but uh, they need a third guy. So once again, they need to find a third outside linebacker. And then across that defensive line, you need to figure out where Stephon Tuit is. Cam Hayward's coming back once again. Tyson Alualu's still got... uh, years on his deal. So the defensive line should be better. If Stefan Tuit is able to play next year, uh, he, he's in that mindset and he returns to that beast form he was after a year off of football. Yes, you don't have to worry about this defensive line. You, you probably want to draft another guy with the with the semi-high pick uh, to kind of be ready to and groom behind them. Like I think Isaiah Loudermilk is trending in a pretty good direction as this year's gone on. So I think you roll with that. The linebacker spot, I think, is, is one that's going to be a, a hotly debated uh, topic all offseason. Uh, but I think you still roll with uh, Showbert and Devin Bush. you got to restructure Joe Showbert's deal, but uh, it, it, it's too soon to give up on Devin Bush. I know he's been bad often this year, but really he was so incredibly talented before tearing his ACL. If he can find his confidence, he's still going to be a good backer in this league. And with the amount of problems the Steelers have going out and trying to find another linebacker, it's just not the time. Uh, you kind of have to just eat it for one more year and hope he takes that step. If he doesn't, that's a 2023 problem. There's just too many things for the Steelers to correct to be able to go out and try to find that replacement. It just isn't the time to do it at, at linebacker because there's so many other issues for this team. And one of those issues is going to be corner. Uh, Cam Sutton has proved he, he isn't good enough. And James Spear, too, have proved they're not good enough to be starters on the outside. Uh, and they're kind of expensive uh, guys to play in the nickel. Now, uh, Joe Hayden's a free agent. Uh, Akilah Witherspoon's a free agent. you got to figure out whether or not you're going to bring either of those guys back. If Joe Hayden wants to take a discount, I, th- I still think he makes his team better. Uh, I'm, I'm not against bringing Joe Hayden back if it's for the right term and the right dollar. Joe Hayden's still a great corner. I know he's old. I know he's lost a step to a degree, but he plays so cerebrally that he still has years left in this league. And I, honestly, I have no problem with the Steelers uh, making uh, his final years uh, as a member of the black and gold. That is fine by me. You, and really these last couple of weeks, when it comes to kill Witherspoon, he's been playing better and better as the years gone on from complete liability and terrible trade to now all of a sudden it's like, okay, this guy might be a starter. If this guy earns that job, you have to give him another deal. Uh, you can't pay him like crazy. Obviously you, he, he was healthy scratch most of this year, so he's not going to command a big penny. But you bring you bring him back, and you probably spend really th- this off season, this draft, your your top your top four picks. You you got to go at least two offensive linemen. You got to go corner, and then you got to figure out whether or not you, you want a quarterback, uh, and or if there's one good enough to take. Uh, and I I don't know if this is the year for that. So those are the the things you got to worry about here. You have to fix the offensive line, and you probably want to do that with the high pick. You have to add more life in the secondary. In in the later rounds of the draft, you got to add some young blood to this defensive line, and you still somehow have to find a quarterback in all this mess. It might be easiest to do that uh, via trade or free agency. So hopefully if the Steelers are going to do something bold that comes through that stretch, if the Steelers go out and spend all their resources on getting a quarterback, all their cap space gets eaten up in their draft picks by bringing Aaron Rodgers in. And then they can't fix the offensive line to be, I'm going to be like, what was the point of that? Now we have a a great quarterback, the same issues though. And you you just hope Aaron Rodgers can uh, be better than big Ben to a degree that this team still finds ways to win. And I, I don't think that's, that's what we're ready for as much as I'd love, Aaron Rodgers, MVP probably back to back, heading into this this offseason. Uh I, I don't know if that's the move. And and like that really pains me to say, but you have to fix your team before you go find your quarterback. And and that's really what this offseason we're faced with. When it comes to the coaching staff, there really isn't a whole heck of a lot I'd change. And I know that's going to make a lot of Steelers fans blood boil. I know a lot of you hate Matt Canada. I know a lot of you hate Keith Butler. And I know a lot of you hate Mike Tomlin, but really those guys... I'm not saying they're the issue. Like, if anyone's on the hot seat out of those three, I'd say it's Butler over anyone because he he has some tenure. But this defense, this personnel has been crap. Offensively, Matt Canada, he, he's trying to coach uh, one of the worst offensive lines in football with Ben Roethlisberger that just isn't what he used to be. I'm giving Matt Canada guys that fit his offense, a decent offensive line, you have the other weapons there, and then you just like really you hope his offense flourishes with those guys. So I have no problem bringing Mac Hanna back for another year. Mike, if like really, if Mike Tomlin wasn't the coach of this team, they probably have four less wins. I, I really believe that. So in, in that sense, I'm not doing a whole heck of a lot. I, I would definitely be more than willing to replace some of uh, the other coaches uh, like positional guys. Of course, offensive line is a big one. But, uh, <laughs> Maybe Najee Harris needs uh, someone else to help him hit those holes, too. He's super talented. So, like, man, I'm not against uh, replacing Faulkner as the running back coach. Um, Who knows what the receivers, I I still think that group probably needs a vet or at least Juju Smith-Schuster and these guys to to get a little bit older and wiser. Um, But aside from that, um, I'm not changing this coaching staff a whole heck of a lot. Special teams, I guess we should also touch on that. I have no problem with Christian Kuntz or Chris Boswell. Presley Harvin third is experienced tragedy this year. I would bring in uh, just camp bodies to compete with him. I'm not spending another draft pick on a punter, though. And I'm just going to ride with whoever the best punter is after training camp. So that, that really is that for special teams. And I would look to try to bring the same thing in to try to replace Ray, Ray McLeod as well. If he wins the competition, I'm not losing too much sleep. But I just don't want him being one of these top target guys on the offense. So really, I know it's not the offseason yet. I know there's still time, uh, but this team needs to change things, and they need to change a lot of things moving forward here. And really, it's hard not to look at that, especially after the embarrassing loss that we just saw against the Kansas City Chiefs. So really... I think a lot of my stuff might start looking a little more uh, forward-thinking, especially if the Steelers uh, lose to the Cleveland Browns. I'm pretty sure a loss this week completely knocks the Steelers out of contention for a playoff spot, so that sucks. But uh, if the Steelers manage to win, sure things could still happen. Heck, the Steelers could still win the division, but I'd still be sitting here like, yeah, but the offseason. <laughs> this team just—they're not a Super Bowl team, and like, I'm sorry. Uh, like, I know there's a lot of people that have jumped jumped on me for like saying this a, a lot now. But look at this team. They're a team like beginning a rebuild. Uh, Could they turn things around fast? Yeah. They have a ton of cap. They can make a ton more. If they can sign the right guys, if they can nail the draft, they could seriously still be a contender next year. They have great weapons on offense. They have arguably the best defender in the world in TJ Watt and another top 10 defender in Minka Fitzpatrick. This team has pieces. Cam Hayward, two Tyson now is the best defensive line of football, but they just have one of those guys. Yes, they're getting older, but I still think they'd be one of the, if not the best T-line of football, and that's one of the biggest issues for the Steelers. So really just getting healthy could be what the fix is along the defensive line. So, of course, we're going to get more of this as these weeks go on, so just as always stay dialed into behind the all the breaking news, everything that's going to be uh, going down these last couple weeks of football. You will find it over at BTSC uh, as well as the entire family podcast. There's such great content here for you. Uh, we love the Pittsburgh Steelers. If you're listening to this, you love the Pittsburgh Steelers. We're going to uh, continue to cover this, uh, each and every week each and every day each and every minute second you name it uh we are dialed into the pittsburgh steelers and you should be dialed into btsc uh because of that so thank you for listening live mike once again my name is michael beck we will catch you guys in the next one